You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name's Jeff. Joining me in the studio today, I've got Ken, Matt, and Neil. How are you guys doing? Yes, quite. We're doing great. Yeah, doing all right. Are Matt's, you though? Matt's here. Matt, Matt is here. <laughs> yeah, that's on the rare occasion. Now, this is the culmination of what we've been building to. Matt hasn't heard this, but we had a great review on iTunes, mm-hmm. Matt, and we've been talking about it for so long. <laughs> oh, the three fun guys? Three fun guys and their friend. <laughs> and I'm the friend? I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> because I'm only here sometimes. It was... Uh, it was. I'm uh, not a fun guy. <laughs> Jeff's the least fun, but like they don't know that. Well established, I yeah. think, at this point. Well, I told Jeff, I told Jeff yesterday, I think he's a fun guy because I wouldn't spend every waking moment that I have with him. <laughs> I think you would as a good as a good friend. I think if... you'd hang out with someone who wasn't fun. <laughs> I'm saying, well, all I know is that reviewer probably enjoys the show, but meant that to sow chaos, and he succeeded. He did. Yeah, yeah. He whoever whoever you are. I'm going to well try played. my best to be a fun guy. I don't want to be the friend. Three three hosts, or was it three... Uh, three fun, three guys, fun and friend. guys and their friend. And their friend. Yeah, right. And a pizza comes, place. Yeah. Ryan You're going to keep trying that joke until one of us laughs and it's never going to happen. Neil, I laughed but. a little bit. I like the show. Yeah. I was a fan. Oh, fair enough. We have some other fun guys and gals joining us today, though. We do indeed. So um, we've already sort of divvied up our teams. Uh, we beforehand figured out who might pair well with some of our strengths and weaknesses. So uh, joining on uh, Matt's team today is going to be our Intercontinental Champion, Gina Kimenow, returning. She previously hosted a game of Triviality, which we are very grateful for. How have you been, Gina? Great. Yeah, I've been great. Um, just pretty much just been working and uh, since I've been on in November and looking forward to some vacation time. Haven't had much since then. Um, I am actually going to be going to Australia in November. And so nice. I would love to pick your guys' brains about what I need to do when I'm there. That's awesome. Definitely play a game of Knifey Spoonie. Yes. <laughs> Top priority. That'll be mm-hmm. so much fun. Yeah, definitely reach out to us uh, about that. And I'm sure you've been listening the last, I don't know, um, 20 episodes or so. And I know we've missed a couple or one or two uh, Hitchhiker's questions. And you send us those those great books. So Which we've definitely read. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting on it. We're getting on it. We're trying to trade them around. But uh, we definitely got a few of those questions wrong, and we felt so bad. Only half of us can read, so it's the really difficult. The Intergalactic Gargle Blaster. Inter... Pan... Pan... Oh, sh- uh, <laughs> number the 42. The Galactic Gargle Blaster. The Pan Galactic. There you go. Right. There you go. That should be your team name. 
Okay. Matt and uh, Gina. I'll never say it once, though. <laughs> Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster, the PGGBs. And our other guest today, our host, in fact, is returning fellow intercontinental champion. Uh, we've got with us Taylor Cook. How have you been, Taylor? Pretty good, guys. Pretty good, guys and gals. Welcome back. Um, just trying to beat the heat a little bit here in Boston, staying in some cool AC. It's, uh, I think it's a lot warmer than normal here. From what so I would say told. there's some kind of change in the climate that's causing <laughs> these issues. Would you say it's like a warming-ish uh, trend? It's possible. Yeah. Okay. It's a little, a little bit warmer everywhere. Yeah, but who problem. believes in that? It's probably a hoax anyway. So. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Fake news. Anyway, um, no, yeah, I just started my second year residency, so that's been pretty busy. Um, and I'm glad I was able to make some time to, to do this today. Yeah, we mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, we always like when people uh, take time away from their actual responsibilities to hang with us for a little bit. Yeah, goof around. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah that's what sure. it's all about. That's what it's all about. Um, Taylor, you were on my team last time. We had a lot of fun. We did some mm-hmm. Shakira impressions, but... Uh, yeah, that episode was great. Some Cockney uh, but, accents. <laughs> terribly, yes. probably borderline offensive Cockney accents, but yes. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Jeff... Um, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Oh, yeah. It's time for Darren to read the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Now, he did that with a uh, dental dam in his mouth <laughs> while he was Not talking. Dental He's dam. so Wait, consistently is, oppressive. Isn't that where you keep your mouth open, dental dam? No, uh, I don't think Oh, no, so. no, that's a, that's a something else. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, they are, they are actually the same thing, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, good. We're safe. Yeah. So we don't have to cut it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Neil. Tone that line. Tone that line. Mm, always. Uh, on that note, why don't we send it to Taylor for Let's question start one? This damn game. I can't. All right. <laughs> Round one. So question one is in the category of fashion statements. So what textile pattern commonly seen on formal wear in the Western world finds its origins in Persia or modern day Iran, but is named after a town in the United Kingdom? Today you might find it singing you whiskey lullabies. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I know it's a pattern. I just don't know if it's a we could do that fabric pattern. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, we'll lock in. Okay. Um, so what do you what are you brainstorming over there, Gina? Okay, so uh, whiskey lullaby. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Alison Krauss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then who does she sing it with? With the guy from Led Zeppelin, right? Isn't it? Isn't oh, Robert Plant? Um. I know, I know I know they had an album together. I don't know if it's off then. I feel like it's a country singer. Yeah, it, it um, sounded country, so I ignored the, the clue because I, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. This. Oh, and oh, I, oh, Paisley. It's Fred Paisley. Okay, so do you think, is Paisley a pattern? Yes, yes it is. Yes, okay. Paisley's a pattern. I feel really good about that. We're locked in with Paisley. That sounds really good. I'll let Jeff take it. Yeah, I hope that's not the right answer because uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of this pattern myself, so I refuse to wear ties. Uh, or anything with Paisley on it, but we went uh, herringbone. Yeah, and uh, Gina did have a nice little poll there. The answer is Paisley. Wow. I, uh, I'm usually like Jeff. I, I generally shy away from Paisley, but I bought a Paisley bow tie for the first time the other day, and I really, mm. really like it. it I inspired actually, your question writing? <laughs> I, uh, a little bit. 
<laughs> I've been I've been gifted over the years very many tie, and all of the paisley ones except for one have been donated. But I have a very nice deep purple paisley tie mm. that I do enjoy, but the rest of them had to go. Yeah. All right. So moving on to question two in the category of riding on a horse. In early 2019, what artist released the quickest song to reach the number one spot of Billboard's Hot 100 since 2016, but sparked controversy when it was removed from the Hot Country Songs chart? The song's first remix featured none other than the man with the achy breaky heart, Billy Ray Cyrus. Don't so, worry, Matt. So I'm not gonna... asking about the artist that wrote the song. Yeah, I'm not going to crib off your sheet. We had a question earlier today about this being uh, number 17, 17 weeks in a row uh, being number one. So. Yeah, passing Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men for One Sweet Day, right? See, told you he would know. I screwed it up. So. I told you he would know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew it was them, but I didn't remember the song. Yeah. For Je- the other Jeff one. and one I can uh, lock, lock in on this one. Yeah. Uh, Gina, do you know this one? Um, no, I don't. I just, uh, heard something on the radio about this yesterday and I can't, I can't pull his name. Uh, it's, uh, Lil Nas X. Thank you. Thank you. We, we lock in with Lil Nas X. It's hard to miss it in the video since it's on the back of his jacket. (laughs) (laughs) I love that video. Uh, yeah, it's Lil Nas X. I I wrote this song or sorry, this question back in, uh, like April or something. So Mm -hmm. I had to reword it a little bit because things had changed. Yeah, originally yeah, I just said remix, not I had to say first remix now because it's been right. remixed like two thousand times. <laughs> well, and he he wants to put out like multiple ones. Like every time it starts dropping, he was talking about doing different remixes of different people. I was very confused God, when I looked it why? up online the other day because I was like, oh, what what are people interested in about this? And I saw his channel had like ten different versions yeah. of the song, and right. I was like, I don't I don't know which one's which. Like I'm so confused. So I, that makes sense. I saw a meme the other day that said something like, uh, "The year is twenty thirty. Lil Nas X has just released his 400th <laughs> remix of, of Old Town Road. It's 42 minutes long, but you still listen because you heard the Barack Obama versus fire. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. Uh, I've had it. <laughs> You're over it. I've had it with this world. No matter w- the thing is, no matter when this episode's released, the song's going to be number one. So right. This is a right. Timeless so question. It's always relevant. All right. Yeah. Moving on to number three. Category is stuck on you. Miley Cyrus is the most well or is most well known for her time on the Disney show Hannah Montana, her controversial music career and putting things in her mouth that just shouldn't be there. However, her earliest credit comes from the movie Big Fish, where she plays an eight year old girl named Ruthie. This movie brought together what eccentric director and composer duo for one of their 19 collaborations. Uh, we can lock in over here with uh, oh, what's our team name? We don't have a team name. Yeah, oh, no. Did you guys announce uh, the team names at all? Like I, we talked about the one, but. We didn't. See, thank you, uh, Taylor. Uh, so, Matt, you're with Gina. Uh-huh. And what, what did you want your team name to be? The Pangalactic Yeah, gar- what you guys Blasters. said earlier. Oh, yeah. Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. Uh-huh. Uh, and Jeff, how about we'll be the Cursed Cans? And we'll explain why later. <laughs> I can't believe you're making this a thing. Okay. <laughs> but the Cursed Cans will lock in. Uh, Gina, any ideas here? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, that's Spielberg film. Uh, who would be the composer? I'm bad at that because I I originally thought that this was a uh, Elfman Burton joint, but it mm. it's not, and I don't know who does the, the Spielberg ones usually, um, unless it is Burton, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Elfman. Oh, it no 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 I think you're right. No, I think okay. it might be Burton. Um, okay. So why was I thinking Spielberg? Okay, so I was on. Hold on, does the score go? Sorry, I was on complete the list a while back, and it was a Burton question. And so, and I believe Big Fish was one of them. I don't know why I was getting that confused. Anyways, let's go with yours. Let's go with... 
Burden and Elfman. Yes, thank you. Oh, that was a roller coaster <laughs> listening to that one. Of emotions. Uh, of emotions. Uh, yeah, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton for Big Fish. Yep, and that is correct. The answers are uh, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman. Moving on to question number four, down the hatch. The number of permanent teeth normally present in an average human's mouth is 32. How many deciduous teeth normally develop in the average human's mouth? Neil counting his teeth like he knows what he's doing. Do you think that's what that means? If it is, I think you're wrong. You think that's too many? (laughs) I do. (laughs) Right? I'll tell you what. I'm going to believe you. You're the science guy. And then if we're right... Then I get to slap you in the face. Mm, not um, one of that would not ready. be the first time I've been slapped in the face. You want you want to go with your answer, and it won't be the last. Uh, yeah, we'll go with Jeff's answer, and we'll see we'll see if he's worth his weight in gold. All right, all right. I don't know anything about teeth. Uh, I know I got some. Uh, that's where I'm at. Gina, do you have, do you have any inroads here? Um, yeah, I originally like my first thought was that he was talking about wisdom teeth, but I think I think he's talking about baby teeth. I think that's baby teeth. Okay. Um, uh, do you want to just cut it in half? You want to just go? 16? Yeah. I'm trying to think of how many quarters I got as a child, and it's, that doesn't Ooh. help at all. <laughs> so, uh, 16, 16 sounds good. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, let's go with we're, that. We're locked in with 16. Uh, so, t- we thought it was wisdom teeth, possibly, which we were way off. That's, but that that would be vestigial teeth. Vestigial. See, I, that, I was thinking vestigial, but then I thought dis, disingenuous. What is deciduous? it? Uh, deciduous. No, but I think, Ken's, I think Ken's right about the, the, the trees, right? Because the deciduous trees, you count how old they are by the rings, right? So you could tell how old somebody mm-hmm. is. But what did you guys they're answer? Vestigial. And we went with four because we thought it was wisdom teeth. Okay. Right. Matt, you said you got quarters for teeth as a kid? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was a joke. All right, well, if you anything. got a quarter, you'd have $5 because the answer is 20 uh, Ooh. And yes, deciduous teeth are baby teeth. Um, deciduous, like the tree, means that they shed their leaves, so you mm. lose your teeth the same way. Well, not the same way as a tree. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> question five, weekend vibes. Arc Music Factory was a music production company dedicated to the discovery of quote-unquote new young singers by helping them write and produce songs and music videos. The now-defunct company ran into controversy after getting into a legal squabble with one artist family over rights to a song after it went viral with 167 million YouTube views in three months. What was the name of this artist and song that had listeners eating cereal and trying to pick a seat in 2011? I, could, I mean, I can lock in if, if you're okay yeah, with it, Gina. Go ahead, yep. Okay. I have no idea. When he started talking, I thought Eating maybe... Eating cereal and trying to pick a seat? Yeah, I thought maybe it was like Baby Shark, but that that's just recent. Um, this was 2007? 11, 11. 11. Oh, thank God. It's Friday by Rebecca Black. Oh. She liked going to class and doing oh. that kind of crap. Yo, you know what? That makes sense because uh, I, I, I'm not sure if it's right, but um, she hooked up with a producer who like helped make the song and then it became famous. And then I think there was a legal squabble and then I... I want to say she went back with that producer for her for whatever the next song was monday or whatever um but um, after friday is saturday neil <laughs> yeah but no one works on the weekend um still waiting on sunday hasn't she hasn't put it out yet um uh, so yeah I, I like that answer you want to go friday i think so yeah okay friday by of, then and back to this um youtube started doing their like youtube year in review mm-hmm. about that time and she was like the sole host of of like 2011 or 2012 so the, the that would make rewind sense rewind or whatever they do yeah, yeah the rewind youtube rewind yeah. okay yeah we're gonna go rebecca black by uh, friday or friday by rebecca black <laughs> yeah i i actually just watched there was an interview with her about this thing where she just went in on on a whim and made a stupid song and then uh they put it on their youtube video and they got like 
3,000 views in the first three months. And then uh, I think it was either Tosh or somebody promoted it out there. And then it went viral and it kind of ruined her life for a little bit. But uh, Rebecca Black Friday was our answer. Yep. And the answer is Rebecca Black Friday. Um, the producer was the guy who raps randomly driving in the car, <laughs> like in the music video. Um, but I, I, Why my buddies with and all I these, like, in kids? college, uh, we used to watch like as many of these as we could. There are some mm-hmm. really, some true gems out there. Um, my favorite is by Ilana Lee and it's called Butterflies and it's just auto-tuned garbage and it's amazing. Oh, nice. We'll have we, to look that up. We yeah. should make one of those. I, I would make one right away. Let's do yeah. it right now. All right. So right good. now, after five questions, uh, Matt and Gina, the Pangalactic Gargle Blasters, have 40 points. Jeff and Neil, the Cursed Cans, is that right? Mm-hmm. Have 30 points. Ooh, a high-scoring affair. All right. Uh, all right, moving on to the second half of round one. Question six. Category is Golden Oat Soda. So Toppling Goliath Brewing Company is a craft brewery located in Decorah, Iowa. Its flagship beer is named Pseudo Sue after one of the largest and most extensively preserved T-Rex skeletons ever found, which is on exhibit at the Fields Museum in Chicago. Despite this cool tidbit, however, Toppling Goliath isn't one of the 50 largest producing craft breweries in the U.S. So your question is, what is the largest producing craft brewery in the U.S.? Mm. That's an interesting thought. I was thinking about because I don't think they're owned by anyone else, and they're technically craft. I'm fine with that, then. Jeff and I are taking an interesting angle here um, with our answer, and I think we're just going to lock it in. So my first thought, so I, I, I know originally Sam Adams was a craft brewery, but I think that they were bought out by Anheuser, or one of the two, so I don't think they count anymore. Um, what were some of the ones you were thinking of? Blue Moon came to mind. Um mm-hmm. Boulevard came to mind. Um, and then I started thinking about when I lived on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, I know that Rogue yeah, like, Brewery okay. is uh, is really big out there. And I know that I see them Do you know if, um, here. if, if Sierra Nevada is owned by a bigger corporation? Because I Ooh. feel like that might be... I, I feel like I've heard a question similar to this. And the answer was Sierra Nevada. And I'm not sure if this was the exact question um but i know it's it's a huge huge craft brew and it's you know there's a sierra nevada everywhere it's kind of like the go-to ipa kind of like the mm-hmm. standard um so that was kind of what i was thinking yeah i like that i like okay. that answer i'd be happy right. with that okay we're gonna lock in with sierra nevada and um we know we see them everywhere um, and we thought maybe they weren't bought out by a larger organization. So we did go with Sam Adams. Okay. All right. So you guys got uh, number three, which is Sierra Nevada out of Chico, oh. California. And number two, which is the Boston Beer Company that makes Sam Adams uh, oh. in Boston, Massachusetts. But number one is the Yingling. Uh, oh. Brewery oh. is uh, DG the Yingling Lager. and Sons out of Pottsville, Pennsylvania. I've um, heard of that one. It's right. crazy because you they they won't. You don't really get them here. They won't right. go. Uh, they don't they're, sell they're east nowhere. of Ohio. I th- or That's what uh, west yeah. of Ohio. I don't think. Um, when it's I, amazing. When I was in uh, when I visited Philadelphia, um, we would ask for you know what beer do you recommend? They, everyone said you have to have Young or Yingling, whatever it is, while you're here. Yeah. And I said okay, and it was okay. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah, super take. popular, yeah. and I think it's the nation's oldest brewery as well. Mm. I think that yeah, I've definitely heard about them before. So yeah. I think they are number seven. Ain't no mountain high enough. 
Since its first official ascent in 1953 by Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay, Mount Everest has seen an explosion in popularity. During the 2019 season alone, an estimated 900 successful summits occurred. These feats would not be possible, however, without the help of climbing aids called Sherpas that are not to be confused with the ethnic group indigenous to Nepal and the Himalayas, Sherpas. If you can't hear the difference, that's okay, because it's just the capitalization of the first letter that delineates the two. Um, what is the term used for a word whose meaning changes depending on whether or not the first letter is capitalized? Yikes. Wow, that's a great question. Um, we'll lock in with whatever you want to put down, Neil. Sure, we're locked in. I, I'm sure it's, it ends in probably phone, because, right? That's probably... Oh, yeah. It, it, okay. like, or nim. <laughs> That doesn't really help as much. Or uh, ism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to get anywhere near that. Um, so we're going to, I guess, we'll just lock in with cinephone. <laughs> so I like oh. the way it sounds. Yeah, I, I just tried to search for the answer. Um, and it was, basically, it was what was in my wallet. And I just said, it's the capital one. Taylor, let's end this question. <laughs> Yeah, so where, where a homonym would be two words having the same spelling or pronunciation but different meanings, a capitonym is, oh. uh, is a word that changes when you capitalize the first letter, or lowercase or, or capitalize the first letter. Number eight, crepuscular. The term crepuscular is used to describe an animal that is most active during dawn and dusk. What twilight hunters use their asymmetrically positioned ears to accurately pinpoint prey with three-dimensional sound perception during these hard-to-see hours? Yeah, I'm just picturing an animal that somehow has like one ear on the top of its head and then like the other one on the side. <laughs> you're, you're, you're seeing like a dog and it's got one's yeah. got like a droopy ear and one's got like a really perky ear. <laughs> right. I love today we had a question about eyes that were on the side of your heads and now the ears that are asymmetrical. Uh, was and it a Peppa Pig question? No, it was no. Not. It's just our imaginations though are like little kid drawings that I think oh. about. I never uh, want to talk about Peppa Pig again. I just that listened to that time. episode. You guys, should, yeah, so funny. <laughs> I still haven't seen it, so we'll one day. The episode? Peppa. <laughs> there you go. We're going to lock in over here. You guys can talk. Okay. Uh, so what kind of animals are you thinking about? Uh, so, man, I think it's an owl. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure that owls have asymmetrical ears. Okay. Because you can't, and you don't even really notice because they're like hidden under their feathers. But I, right. I think, I think it's an owl. And that's why they're always turning their heads all the way around to get the 3D sound kind of thing. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I just made that up. It's probably not true. We're gonna lock in <laughs> with owl. Yeah, Jeff and I were between bat Audio. and owl, and uh, I wrote down owl initially because of the clue of the 360 degree vision, um, which I know they spin their heads around like The Exorcist. So. Um, <laughs> I, I just thought of being the owl at nighttime that it would use its hearing when it's its expert vision during the day, but the hearing at night. So we went with owl as well. All right. And one of my favorite tidbits about my favorite animal, that is an owl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, their their ear holes are like slightly, one slightly higher than the other. So they can uh, receive sound in their brain kind of like uh, can pick up on the difference in how fast sound gets into one ear versus the other. So they can almost have like 3D hearing. It's pretty cool. Okay. Wow. Good job, guys. Um, number nine, Forgotten Tunes. The 1964 Walt Disney classic Mary Poppins features many catchy songs that have had kids singing along for over half a century. One not-so-catchy or upbeat song occurs midway through the film about an old woman feeding the birds. According to the song, how much does the woman pay for her bags of bird seed? Oh, wow. Do you have this, Neil? <laughs> I think so, okay. yeah. <laughs> you, you locked in? Yeah. 
So here's something about me. I've never seen Mary Poppins. Fascinating. Really? Have you ever even used a kite before? Me? Yeah. I had a kite once. Does that mean anything? See, I don't even know. I don't know. Well, let's go fly it. Yeah, I was going to say, you can go fly a kite. Okay. Ooh. All right. Uh, so this one's on you, Gina. Uh, so sorry. Um, it has been a really long time since I have seen Mary Poppins. Um, like in uh, The Pigeon Lady in Home Alone 2? Exactly. exactly like it's like exactly that. like that. It's You're, shot for shot. It's a remake. You now, yes. this is what happened. So the lady from Home Alone 2, right? Right. Look, you picture her face. Right, she there. moved to New York when Joseph Gordon-Levitt left her at Angels in the Outfield when she was the foster mom. And she got depressed and went to New York. And that's what she became. Oh, man. Same lady. Because the Angels never won the pennant. They never won the pennant. So she had to move to New York and get a bunch of birds. That all makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help with the question. So it's, you're probably looking at a... Uh, it's it's uh you're looking at english money right probably it's probably some pounds mm-hmm. <laughs> bushels spare, um, spare quid a bushel almost, and a peck i would almost think that it'd be probably pence um yeah six pence sure none the richer but none the richer thank yeah. you uh, <laughs> we're gonna lock him with six pence um you're kind of on the right track there um the Don't song <laughs> no no you were because it, it does have to deal it deals with pence uh but it's a little cockney but uh she pence. says uh a tuppence mm-hmm. tuppence a bag which is two pence so tuppence oh. the answer is a tuppence or a two pence piece wow okay moving on last question of the first round glove potion number nine Gordie Howe had one of the most legendary careers in the history of hockey, playing in five different decades. Aside from being nicknamed Mr. Hockey and being a 23-time All-Star, he also had a statistic named after him, a Gordie Howe hat trick. Although he only achieved his namesake feat twice in his career, what three stats does a Gordie Howe hat trick comprise of? I don't know hockey at all, but I think I can reason this one out. All right. Um, Okay. Um, So, okay, I see what you're saying there. Okay, so we'll, we'll lock in. Okay. Uh, Gina, what were you thinking? Okay. So a goal, mm-hmm. an assist, right. and getting a fight. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure on that. And, and I know that it, there's, it's not happening anymore because last year actually was the least amount of fights that it's ever. There's like less and less fighting, so you don't really hear about this as much. And the guys uh, who score goals don't uh, fight so much. <laughs> usually, yeah. Do they track fights? So and that, and that was kind of my question was maybe it's like a f- they considered if you get a five minute major for fighting but I think a fight is good enough so we're gonna lock in with a goal assist and a fight. I think we we got a little too detailed here because I wrote three goals three assists and I was trying to think oh of, my god I know I was trying to think <laughs> it'd be like the best game <laughs> by any player ever on NHL ninety four uh, <laughs> easy. And so yeah I wrote goals assists fist fight Jeff wrote shootout open net uh, then we I was thinking about the different ways you can score uh, okay. on a. You know. Yeah, so I, we, we're definitely incorrect, but we, we put three goals, three assists, and a, a fist fight. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a little ambitious with that answer, but uh, yeah, the answer is a goal assist and a fight. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, your answer does contain yeah, technically, a Gordie Howe yeah, hat trick. Three Gordie Howe hat tricks. Two more game. fights. And two, two more <laughs> fights, and you'd have three. <laughs> Which Howe is actually more than trick. his whole career. It was the greatest game ever played. <laughs> Look at Gordy Howe go. I don't know how he had time to score three goals yeah, and a, get in three fights. Puts it in the basket and punches his lights out. That's a 30 for 30 for sure. <laughs> but at the end of regulation, looks like uh, the Pangalactic Gargle Blasters of Matt and Gina have 60 points. Jeff and Neil of the Cursed Cans have 50. Yeah, all right. 
anyone's game. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we throw it to Taylor, um, both of our guests today, uh, Taylor and Gina, are both Patreon supporters at the Intercontinental Champion level, uh, which means they get uh, individual loot crates uh, from one of the hosts sent to them, plus a poster and some other things. Uh, but Jeff, how can people join them and, uh, and I guess, uh, be- become part of the group on Patreon? Yep. If you'd like to support us directly for a small monthly donation, you can do so at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Link is in the show notes. As we say every week, there's so many different things that you can check out there at every different support level. We're very appreciative of anyone who'd be willing to support the show. So mm-hmm. just go check it out. There's something for you there. Yeah. And uh, Taylor, you said you had a swing around today that was going to be pretty interesting. What do you got for us? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, oh, just just a little plug about the uh, the individual loot crates, though, on Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know Patreon starts at, what, $1? $1? Or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, at the at the twenty the twenty I think it's twenty dollar levels when the mm-hmm. individual loot crates. Yeah, I got the Jeff one recently. It's pretty cool. I just rolled a natural twenty for my charisma for the episode um, with <laughs> nice. a little bag of dice um, and a few other cool things. So uh, I definitely highly recommend um, supporting the podcast. All well, right. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. I uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, very happy to curate each of the boxes. I put a little something special and different in each person. But, so, but stop signing up for Jeff's people. Just yeah. way in the lead. Oh, it was such a hard pick. I wanted all, I wanted all <laughs> of them. Speaking I of love that. how sore they are that I have like the same amount as the rest of them combined nah, for whatever. box choices currently. Sure. People love D&D dice. Well, That's, Gina's is Mine being... has D&D dice in it too. Unfortunately, it it's a huge part of our childhood, so I'm not surprised it's in both boxes. But... Gina's is being sent out today, though, from me. She actually picked me, so I thank you for that, Gina. That's a good choice. I've Ooh. seen Neil's boxes, and they're very solid, so... Yeah. They're definitely the heaviest, if that is a metric you care about. <laughs> There's just a... I'm sorry, Gene. It is a 65-pound box. <laughs> it's full of lead. Bag and a half, bag and a half of dog food. That's yep. <laughs> All right. So for the swing round, uh, it is uh, completely based and revolves around one of my childhood heroes, which is uh, Weird Al Yankovic. So right. one of the most prolific and famous parody artists of all time, Weird Al is a genius when it comes to lyrical parody. I'm going to give you the original song and artist, and for five points each, you tell me the title of his parody song. Now, to make this a bit easier, because I know not everyone is versed as versed in his nah. uh, discography as I am, um, mo- all but one of these, are the name of the song is kind of a parody of the title of the song as well okay. to make it a bit easier because he has some that aren't like that um okay all right i've got about nine already that I'm, <laughs> i've got locked and loaded so okay so i'm gonna give you the original song and artist and you tell me what his parody song was titled okay, okay. so number one my sharona by the knack number two american pie don mclean number three another one bites the dust queen Number four, Lump, the Presidents of the United States of America. Number five, Lola by the Kinks. Number six, King of Pain by the Police. Number seven, Hey Mickey by Tony Basil. Number eight, Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Number nine, Royals by Lord. Number 10, Beat It by Michael Jackson. Number 11, Moni Moni by Billy Idol. And number 12, Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. 
I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or well, call she, the police. Or call the police like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. So Neil, as you uh, as you consider this answer, uh, tell tell us about the cursed can. Yeah, the quickly cur- the cursed can. So uh, for a few months after I had a bottle of water, I would crumple it up and I'd throw it in the trash can in the studio from kind of where I'm sitting, which is about six feet. Six feet. <laughs> and I would miss it every time. And I'm usually good at hitting targets. I've missed it my own share of times. Yeah, and Ken has yeah. missed it. And Jeff would kind of not meanly, but he would just be like, "Man, you can never get it in the can." Like, there's something about that can. It's cursed. It just believe me, it's not my fault. And then I'll let Jeff take it from there. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm picking on you, Neil, because we were at 4th of July and you picked up one of those like smoke bombs that was used up and you're like, I'm going to hit this street light and you hit it from like 40 feet away and you can't hit a garbage can from six feet in the studio. But so we proved that none of us could because it took us about five minutes. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. Yeah, we had about 25 <laughs> shots. Matt came in. He, he, get it on a, he got it on a second, second try, try, which yeah. is commendable. But uh, yeah, it, the can is cursed. <laughs> right so that's why we're called the cursed cans today. All right, so now that we're through that uh, garbage can story, it's time for uh, our answers. Yeah, we uh, we came back into the room. Neil's having a bad hair day. I'm running with scissors, and uh, we'll see if we get these answers right. Mm, wow. Yeah, I've over here got a poodle hat on, so... Uh... <laughs> Let's see if I dare to be stupid. Is that all of them? Do we do I it? love this okay, so much. Anyway, uh, okay, so number one, the artist and song were My Sharona uh, by The Knack. Uh, this is my Bologna. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also said my Bologna. Yep, this was the song that actually kickstarted Weird Al's career in parody. Uh, it was approved uh, in writing by the Knack, and it got him a one-off deal with Capitol Records because mm. the Knack loved it so much. It was my Bologna. All right, number two, American Pie by Don McLean. Um, I was trying to figure out the title for this, and we were really struggling. And then I remembered Taylor said that almost all of them are direct parodies. 
And then I remembered that this one isn't American Pie related. This one is The Saga Begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this song. Uh, it's The Saga Begins. Yep. It's basically a, a scene for scene recount of uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. This is Saga it's Begins. probably the better way to watch the movie is just listen to the song. <laughs> All right. Number three, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Uh, this one is another one rides the bus. That is a hundred percent correct. We said another one rides the bus. Yep. Uh, another one of his early works, as you mentioned earlier, it's another one rides the bus. All right. Number four, Lump by the Presidents of the United States of America. We couldn't figure this one out, uh, and I just said, uh, "Let's use an exclamation of old people from the eighteen hundreds," and we said, "Harumph." <laughs> <laughs> well, Gina, you had this one. Why don't you say? Yeah, so this one was Gump, a parody of Forrest Gump. That's right. Gump sat alone on a bench in the park. Uh, (laughs) This is uh, Gump, ever on topic and up with his pop culture weirdo. All right. Um, Number five, Lola by the Kinks. Oh, yes. Uh, So this is another Star Wars one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We met him in a swamp down in Dagobah. This is Yoda. Y-O-D-A, Yoda. Uh, Yoda. This is a favorite of Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think in an interview he was talking about he saw him in concert in middle school and like this was his favorite song and then he got to sing it with him on stage oh, later yeah. once he became like famous. And it's it pretty cool. inspired Hamilton. Yep. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number six. I think this one was a bit difficult for at least one of the groups. Um, mm-hmm. King of Pain by The Police. Yeah, we didn't know what this one was. Uh, we thought that uh, it was a song about magician David Blaine. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just kind of moved some of the words around and thought it was Sting is Vain. That would have been a fantastic parody if you did that. Uh, this is actually one of the deep cuts. I don't know why I liked this one so much as a kid. Probably because I didn't know the original song. And Weird Al's just so great. Uh, this is a song about him basically filming a commercial about his clothing store um, where his price tags are low, his staff is underpaid, but they call him around town the king of suede. Oh, okay. Wow. So it wasn't tantric pain. No. <laughs> All, right. All right. Number seven, Hey Mickey by Tony Basil. Yeah, once, we, once again, didn't know this one. We wrote It's Sticky. <laughs> <laughs> so um, me and Gina didn't really have an idea on this one, and, uh, and then I just kept thinking and i'm pretty sure he has a parody where he plays ricky ricardo and i think it's this one we said hey ricky yep uh so this yeah it's i love lucy inspired ricky uh i'll take hey ricky because it's pretty much is the, it just ricky it's just ricky but yeah okay. that's okay. way close enough and you almost didn't get it i was impressed with the was, whole there so yeah all right number eight i think everyone got this one gangster's paradise by coolio we spent most of our lives uh, churning butter in an Amish paradise. Mm-hmm. So we said Amish paradise. Gina? Yep, Amish paradise. Yep. At 4.30 in the morning, he's milking cows. Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows fool. It's Amish paradise. <laughs> Number nine, Royals by Lord. This one we were having trouble with, and I remembered seeing the music video because it was from a recent album of his, and I wasn't too familiar with like some of his older stuff, and I, I remember seeing this on YouTube, and he had like a foil hat on. I forget <laughs> if it was making fun of conspiracy theorists or whatever, but um, we said foil. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the video, and I, can't, I couldn't remember if the song is actually called Aluminum Foil or just Foil. I originally wrote down Foil, so we'll just lock in with Foil. Yep, what starts out as an infomercial for keeping your your food items fresh, um, but turns into a 
yeah, conspiracy theory, uh, government's out to get you sort of a uh, warning um, that this is foil. Music video has Patton Oswalt right at the end, pulling his head off as the director and being a lizard. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number 10 is Beat It by Michael Jackson. Uh, this is the classic Weird Al song, Eat It, I think. You think? Yeah. <laughs> it might be. Uh, yeah, uh, a follow-up to Fat. That's how he got there. It's Eat It. Yep. Uh, he went on a big Michael Jackson parody stint for a little while. Yeah. This is Eat It. Number 11, uh, I think this one was also proving a little difficult for at least one of the teams. This is Money Money by Billy Idol. We just said phony phony. Mm. I don't know. We said phony pony. This is a song about a guy lamenting his weekly or his monthly payments to his ex-wife. This is alimony. Oh. Here she comes now on an alimony. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. And number 12, Zoot Suit Riot by Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Once again, didn't know it. So we said another fad diet. Mm-hmm. I can hear the song in my head, but I cannot get the first two. It's, I'm pretty sure it's a diet, but we went with fruit juice diet. So, so, so close. Yeah, this is this is a nod to fad diets. Um, this is put away your bottle of beer. It's a grapefruit diet. Grapefruit diet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm lamenting that. I love, I love how we're enjoying it, and Ken is just so disappointed over there. <laughs> It's like he doesn't enjoy fun. It's no, it's just not to my taste. <laughs> For the same reason, I don't like uh, Mel Brooks movies. Uh, Weird Al falls in the same category. Apparently, Weird Al is a nice guy. My dad went to one of his book signings. I respect. I respect the hell out of both men. And, uh, he's and Weird like, Al is very talented. He's musician. like, would you mind if I put you in a headlock and you make a ridiculous face? And Weird Al's like, sure. And so, like, my dad like literally puts Weird Al in a chokehold. It's a great photo, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I would not let people touch me like that. So he must he must be an okay Sounds guy. Sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> I hear he's a good guy, though. I do right. hear he's a good guy. Okay, at the end of uh, that round, it's 105 for the Pangalactic Gargle Blasters, Matt and Gina, and the Cursed Cans, Jeff and Neil, trailing at 85. Mm. Still a close game. Yeah. 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 Question one, fight. Of the 118 elements currently on the periodic table... Only two appear as liquids at STP, or standard temperature and pressure. One of these is named after the Roman messenger of the gods, and the other is used to make flame-retardant components of electronics. Name both of them. I will give, uh, I will give half credit for just one all of right. them, if you just get one of them. think I know the other one. Ooh. Gina's playing an all-star game today. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, what do you got here? Because I, I, I got my end of the bargain here. <laughs> yeah, I had that one too. And Maybe it's the probably the one. easiest one of all time. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Uh, we've got our answer. And then it's the first planet. In? Yeah. You guys are locked in? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, obviously, Mercury, right? We got uh-huh. that. <gasps> I know. <God>. Yes. <laughs> uh, what did you think the second one was, Gina? Uh, so, I, I think it's bromine. Um, mm. I'm pretty confident that it just starts with a B. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be not barium, brobalt. <laughs> I'm helpful. That's I, questionable. I, like, I like bromine. Oh man, I love that muscle tea. What color is that? Brobalt? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're cool with it, we can just go with bromine. I am. Mercury and bromine. Bromine sounds pretty good. We were, um... We, we had gotten mercury, and then the other one that I was thinking of, I think it falls just outside of standard temperature and pressure, is gallium. So we said gallium. 
Gallium is pretty soft, um, but the only two that are liquid at standard temperature and pressure are mercury and bromine. All right. So, nice. good job. Gina. So, we right. get five points for mercury. Yep. 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 Cool. <laughs> five points. <laughs> these, these guys. All right. Number two. Speaking of liquid, Team Liquid is an esports organization based out of the Netherlands. To date, they sponsor teams or individual players competing in 14 different esports games. Name any three of the games they compete in. Okay, yeah, we're, we're locked in. Um, so the ones I wrote down right away were League of Legends is a definite. That one's like the biggest esport, one of the biggest esport games. And then Fortnite, because okay. uh, Fortnite's huge. And then for the other one, I put StarCraft, and I don't know if they still have competitive StarCraft, but I know for a while it was one of the biggest competitive games. Uh, I also thought maybe uh, PUBG, which is Player Unknown Battleground, which was the one before Fortnite. That was a really popular one. Um, go with StarCraft if you're confident that that was okay. popular before one of the yeah. other ones. They probably still play it. Okay, we're going to lock in with those three. Um, yeah, we have got some consensus here on League of Legends and Fortnite, and then we've, we also went Overwatch. Mm, that's a good one. Okay, um, so the 14 games, I'll just list them all, uh, mm-hmm. are Apex Legends, Auto Chess, which is kind of a newer one. Actually, when I first wrote this question, that wasn't one, and they got rid of one and then added that instead, so okay. I had to change this question yesterday when I re-researched. Um, mm-hmm. Clash Royale, which is a phone game. Uh, Fortnite, CSGO, which is Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Right. Uh, Dota 2, Hearthstone, League of Legends, PUBG, Quake, StarCraft 2, um, so I will accept StarCraft. Cause, All right. Yeah, and uh, Street Fighter, Super Smash Brothers. And Rainbow Six Siege, so they don't they don't have an Overwatch team anymore, actually. Um, and they dropped their Halo team in 2017. So you know, I I was thinking Halo, but I thought that nobody plays Halo. Did you say anymore. Team Fortress? Uh, they do Who's not have there? a Team Fortress team. Okay. And well, oh, I don't even think many people. I, I mean, sure, I'm sure Valve still has the servers open, but like, I don't I don't think anyone really has yeah. a competitive scene in that anymore. Cool. All right, so points for Pan Galactic and no points for uh, Jeff and Neil, unfortunately. The can is still cursed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question three. Speaking of eSports, equestrian is a category of events that's been featured at the Summer Olympic Games since 1900. Which of the following is not a discipline that will be featured in the 2020 Summer Games in Tokyo? Show jumping, eventing, barreling, or dressage? Show jumping, eventing. That one will be. Dressage. Really? And what was the other one? Uh, the other one was barreling. Did they barreling. drop it? Because it used to be one. I know it used to be. Mitt Romney did it. Um, but I <laughs> I think I read an article. I don't know why this is dr- sticking out to me. I thought I read something okay. on Twitter yeah. about it. I'm, I'm willing to back your horse on that. <laughs> because oh my God. Mitt Romney was like a robot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't do things that like normal people liked. Oh, God. So, Gina... What do you know about these horses in the back? Um, not a heck of a lot. Um, my my logic here is kind of game theory. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like barrel racing is kind of a rodeo event, mm-hmm. I would say probably barreling might be the one that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about barreling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know in uh, in Star Fox, uh, the frog will tell you to do a barrel roll. Wrong. <laughs> Pe- Peppy. Tap Z twice. Uh, oh. 
<laughs> you guys know more about that than me. Yes. Um, so it's, it's Peppy the rabbit, not uh, Slappy the. Oh, uh, no, Slappy is the one that just needs help all the time. Yeah. And disappears. Is it okay. Slappy? Slippy, I think. I think. So. Slippy. Slippy. Whatever. Anyway, I like your theory, and we can lock in with barreling. I don't know why this one uh, stuck out to me. I thought I read something online about it, but here's yeah. why I like this as a potential answer is because it's the one that's the least sport-like. Right, exactly. That's and maybe that's what the article was was insinuating. But I, I mentioned Mitt Romney, his horse did this, and we went with dressage. So the answer is uh, for the exact reason Gina said it is barreling. Actually, um, oh. yeah, I looked this up. I was just trying to do like a free flow and ended up on equestrian somehow. I don't know that much about equestrian, but yeah, I guess the three Olympic categories mm-hmm. are show jumping, eventing, and dressage. Eventing is kind of like a triathlon type thing where they have three different events. Does the horse wear the medal afterwards? I don't know how this I hope so. I actually don't know. But no, barreling is... Put your hoof over your heart. There were a lot of rodeos where I grew (laughs) up, so I knew that was a thing, so I just put it in because I thought it sounded good. Okay. All right. This question four. Speaking of events, Rwanda and Burundi both celebrate their independence days on July 1st. Both countries were under what nation's rule until 1962? Uh, Oh, really? Okay. I think so. If that is correct, Jeff, um, you are a scholar. Okay, we're locked in. All right. Uh, Gina, what are you thinking? Okay, so I'm trying to approach this from the angle of the Rwandan genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, with, the Tutsis, right? And the, yes, and, the Hutus? and how Hutus. they were kind of, and how colonization was like really what divided mm-hmm. them. Um, and so I feel like it may have been i'm feeling like it was the dutch i, I mean yeah, I, i'm I, okay with dutch if if you feel pretty strongly about it and it, and it would be something maybe he was searching dutch boy on on google <laughs> when he was writing these questions and that was one of the things that popped up um, so there's a little tie-in gosh my i mean my second guess would be english but i just don't think that that's right yeah i i kind of want to go with my first instinct and go with netherlands okay. sounds good we are locked in we are uh, sort of in the same neck of the woods. Um, I sort of remember uh, feeling like this was the Belgians. So mm-hmm. we went Belgium. All right. And the answer is Belgium. Oh, nice. wow. Uh, Good pull. Yeah. Now, Neil, did, did, uh, did Don Cheadle bring you that coffee you have in your, <laughs> in your kitchen? He, he did not bring me that coffee, no. Uh, but uh, someone else did dressed as Iron Patriot, and it was sort of a knockoff version. Uh, it was called uh, Jeff, What's Another Element? It was the aluminium uh, national. <laughs> the, alu- <laughs> the aluminium <laughs> national dropped it off and just, thank you for your service. Uh, speaking of Belgium, question five, makes me think of waffles, um, which makes me think of breakfast. Being an egg guy, I often enjoy a, an omelet or a nice frittata. But, uh, but wait a minute, wait, what's the difference anyway between an omelet and a frittata? I've made both of them. I'm just trying to think of how you just... Hold on. You have not made. <laughs> I've heard about your omelets. <laughs> I've made an omelet and I've made a frittata. You attempted omelet. What did you put in the omelet? Uh, when you were trying to be nice to your girlfriend and you, oh, you f- it up royally. That was a long. Okay, that was a. That, <laughs> that's funny that you know that. Yeah, that was when we first started dating. Uh, yeah, I was trying to to cook an omelet and what did I put it in? It was uh hummus. Hummus, right? She's. <laughs> oh, what? Because Colleen's like, oh, I love hummus. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a little, like, yeah. chef-y. And I, and I was like, I'll put a little hummus in there. And it was disgusting. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> Just throw whatever she likes. 
Yeah, well, that was, you know, I hadn't cooked anything before. I was the, like, the I can intention cook. was there. Yeah. I was like, I can cook a grilled cheese or I can make you cereal. And she's like, well, I'd like, how about an omelet? So mm-hmm. how about an omelet? I did make a frittata with her though. Yeah. A couple months she's, ago. What is Colleen like? Ice cream and hummus. <laughs> ice cream and hummus. <laughs> Just throw it in some eggs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I did make a frittata recently with Colleen and I, yeah. I know kind of the difference. Okay. Um, so write it out. Okay. I don't know how to explain it, but we'll lock in. Okay. I think that I think that the fact that the um, omelets ingredients are inside, like, because hmm. I feel like you cook the omelet for a little bit, you cook the eggs for a little bit before you put in the toppings, and then you fold it on top. So I think that part of our answer should be that the the frittata has like the ingredients cooked in okay. to the fried egg, whereas an omelet sure. is like folded over the ingredients. Okay. So we'll say that, that the omelet is folded over the ingredients is kind of our answer. Yeah, I, I, it's a kind of a similar answer because I don't know the terminology. I'm showing the guys here the frittata that I made oh, that's with Pelly. Nice. It looks very really proud nice. of himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Post the, on the crowd. I should, actually. Well, the see. the um, omelet... about your frittata. Incorrect. The omelet, you know, you have the egg that you scramble and then you, you kind of flip it over. Um, and uh, the frittata is more like a pie almost. So it's it's uh, in a pan. It uses the whole pan and then there's ingredients in it and you slice it into pieces um, and they're kind of cooked. Like a quiche. Like a quiche kind of. So that's, I don't even know how to describe it, but that's kind of the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so chalk right. that down to one sentence. No, that was a sentence. It was a run-on sentence. It was a run-on <laughs> sentence. So basically I agree with what Matt and Gina said. Right. One is like, uh, folded over one is like pieces of a pie right so a frittata has the ingredients cooked in with the raw egg and the omelet has the ingredients folded into the cooked egg so oh, wow. you guys both got it we were like word for word though yeah gina i was like how is she reading literally what i wrote <laughs> for my <laughs> yeah yeah so good job guys so uh let's go back to something comfortable and familiar dentistry what kind of dental specialist focuses on the gums and bones surrounding the teeth? All right. You guys are locked in? We're locked in. All right. Um, so I wrote down gumtometrist. <laughs> uh, so I have no use to this one. No. I just, I remember one time where she like had to like poke like up into my gums to like, to, like check mm-hmm. the pockets or something. And I want to say it was... It, was, it starts with an O or something. This is a long story to tell you that I don't know the answer to this. So I, <laughs> I think it's ortho something, isn't it? Or is that just what a dentist is? Uh, orthodontist is a braces. Oh. Well, it's an answer. Yeah. I, I mean, we could go orthodontist if you want to have a slim chance of. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a dentist thing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> orthodontist. Yeah, our answer could be wrong. Uh, I don't know. It's just the sign that I saw near my work, so that's why it clicked for me. But Jeff wrote down endodontist. Yeah, who I had one do a root canal for me. So Neil thinks that's what it is. So we're going to go with that. Why'd you put yourself through this, having to listen to these guys? <laughs> so uh, I know I, I, I added this question because in the past when you guys have had dentistry adjacent questions, I just like laugh and giggle listening. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. But... Uh, no, an, or, uh, an orthodontist would be someone who is into the straightening and of okay. correcting of your occlusion or your bite um, and the straightening of teeth. An endodontist focuses primarily on root canals. That's my specialty. Um, someone who deals with the bones and gums surrounding the teeth would be a periodontist. Mm. Uh, hey, no, what did I write down first? Jeff wrote it down, yeah. 
was the first thing I wrote. Well, you write down everything. Yeah. You're going to be right with one. And you, I think you were talking about the periodontal probe, which is what she was using to measure the attachment level between the gum and the uh, bone. Oh. Yes. Mm. This is very specific. Question seven. Speaking of bones, Wishbone was a TV show spanning two seasons in the mid-90s about a dog who would imagine himself as the main character in famous pieces of literature, such as Romeo and Juliet. What kind of a dog was Wishbone? It was this, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we're locked in. Okay. Um, are you familiar with this, Gina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was an Eddie. Yes. I was going to yep. say, do you know which kind of dog Eddie was? It's it's a Boston Terrier, right? Is that uh, it? Or? Jack Russell Terrier. Jack Russell Terrier. Why don't we both know this? Weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, locked in. Jack Russell Terrier. We said the same. I got it, too. That's surprising. <laughs> to this day, I still have the what's the story wishbone mm. stuck in my head. But it's, uh, yep, you guys are both right. It's a Jack Russell Terrier. I have the the salad dressing theme song stuck in my head. There's oh, no way the that dog's alive. Wishbone right? ranch dressing. For wishbone, yeah. yeah. I want to see the gritty reboot where he does like oh. Stephen King books. I want to see. <laughs> oh, I thought uh, you were talking about as gritty would do the reboot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a reboot gr- called gritty inserts gritty. himself in gritty as Edmund Dantes. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right, good job, guys. All right, so number eight. Speaking of Jacks, Jack Daniels is the top-selling American whiskey in the world. It is branded as Tennessee whiskey despite meeting all of the regulatory criteria for being classified as a straight bourbon. Using the number assigned to the distillery during government registration, what nickname is given to this sweet brown liquid? All right, yeah, I, I'm fine going with that. We're locked in. Uh, well, the number that came to mind first was the 707, but mm-hmm. I'm not super confident in it. Yeah, uh, it, it is a 7. Let's just... Lock in with 707 and hope that that's something. Okay. I All hope right, it is we're too. Locked. <laughs> <laughs> we're locked in. Jeff was pretty um, pretty adamant about putting this number down. I wasn't sure. I thought it was like 65 or something, but he put 401. The, uh, the nickname is Old Number 7. If I would have put oh. it one question earlier, it probably would have been a little too meta. Mm. But uh, I, I would have accepted just 7, but I don't think I can take 707, oh, that's unfortunately. Fine. Yeah. Number nine, speaking of old numbers, what term was coined in 1920 by the nephew of a mas- of mathematician Edward Kasner for a digit one followed by a hundred zeros? Thanks to the kid, we no longer have to refer to this massive number as 10 duotrigantillion or 10,000 sextillion. All right. I think, uh, yeah, Jeff and I are locked in on this one. We kind of came together on this one. Um, I'm just going to search my brain really quick and see if it comes up. <laughs> oh, please tell me spelling is, counts. Is it, uh, is, is your mind coming up with just like this nice white background? Yeah. I'm feeling some colored lucky. Letters let's, in it? let's say, let's say Google. Yeah. Let's lock in. We locked in with a Google. Yep. The answer is a Google spelled G O O G O L. All right. Question 10. Speaking of Google, the company and search engine Google is known for many things one of which is being Easter eggs and April Fool's Day jokes displayed on their website. Their first April Fool's Day prank came in the form of announcing the Google Mentalplex, which could apparently search the internet using mental power. What year and date was this announcement made? Yeah, Jeff and I have a guess, but I we're not really... I mean, because it, it should be that. Yeah, right. But right. I don't know the year. Um, well, that's the easy part. Okay. Well, yeah. We are locked in. I, I'm cool. I'm good with 2010. Okay. 2010 yeah. it is. Okay. All right. 
2010. Uh, yeah, we we didn't know either. We knew it was probably April 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 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went 4-1, and then we just thought just for the fact that it's continuing on with the ones, we said 4-1-1-1, so 2011. So you guys said April 1st, 2011. You said April 1st, 2010? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this actually surprised me. Uh, it's actually April 1st, 2000. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, I had no idea that they were like doing stuff like that that early. So that's that's kind of cool. But yeah, All year right. 2000. A lot of answers down on the paper, but none of them we've successfully locked in, it looks like, Neil. Nope. Uh, yeah. So what are our scores going into the final round here? Yeah, thanks, Neil. The scores currently stand at the uh, Pan Galactic Gargle Blasters, Matt and Gina, at 165. Right behind them, Jeff and Neil at the Cursed Cans, 130. Well, you know, I feel like we're taking a worse beating than the score reflects, Neil. That's mm-hmm. true. Well, I think so, too. are not doing too bad. We're just getting everything right. Well, let's see if Good we can uh, come back here. Like a, Unlike the Cursed Can, we'll actually make a shot here. And we got one shot left, yeah. Jeff. So let's, let's see if we can do it. Hey, man. Final what round categories, please. The categories are, number one, uh, the big five. Number two, rise to the top. Number three, Van Damme. Number four, nature and science, fiction. And number five, working out the kinks. Okay, the uh, wagers are locked, and let's get those questions. All right, question one, final round. Category, the big five. One of, the only, three mov- one of only three movies to win the big five Oscars Best Picture, Screenplay, Director, Actor, and Actress, Sounds of the Lambs is one of my personal favorite movies of all time. Despite winning Best Actor for the film, Sir Anthony Hopkins is only featured for about 14% of the movie's runtime. Within one, how many minutes of on-screen time does Hannibal Lecter have in the movie? Uh, Question two, Rise to the Top. What short-lived UK-based psychedelic rock supergroup had two hit songs break the top 10 of US charts in the late 60s, which were White Room and Sunshine of Your Love? Question three, Van Dam. What 2016 Vine turned meme featured a boy named Joshua complimenting his friend on his impeccably white shoes? The internet sensation resulted in the pair appearing on Ellen and their catchphrase being used in several marketing campaigns. Question four. Nature and science. Fiction. The nature boy Ric Flair had quite an illustrious professional wrestling career spanning 40 years until his retirement in 2012. Since the 80s, he used the same entrance music, which can also be heard during one of the opening scenes of what 1968 movie? And question five. Working out the kinks. Kinky Boots won the Tony for Best Musical in 2013. But if you haven't seen it, don't panic. This isn't a question about the plot. What internet-beloved rock and roll frontman had a sinfully good but tragically short 2.5-month run on Broadway as the show's lead role, Charlie, during the summer of 2017? Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia Every single week, movies, music, even science and Disney, we've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. 
New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. After a little bit of deliberation and a little bit of editing magic, all the answers are locked in. Question one, the big five. What did you guys have for the amount of time Hannibal Lecter is on screen in Silence of the Lambs? We wagered the big 30 on this one. Uh, I believe it's 16 minutes, but just to be safe with the the one safety number there, uh, we went with 15 as our locked-in answer. Uh, So we said 15. We wagered 15. um, And then we said 15. So we feel a lot better because Neil said 15 also. Yeah, both both are getting points at 16 minutes, just like Neil All said. All right. Nice. Uh, question two. I think uh, Gina got the uh, the category hint. Um, what was the name of the band? Yeah, uh, we wagered 15. Uh, Gina, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, so this one, uh, rising to the top, uh, this would be Cream. Yep, uh, fronted by legendary uh, guitarist Eric Clapton. We said Cream. How much did you wager? What do we wager? Zero. Zero. Uh, on balance, off balance, doesn't matter. The cream will rise to the top. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your mustache is crooked. All right. <laughs> All right. Number three. Van, damn. What was the name of the meme? Uh, we wagered 30, and we went, damn, Daniel. Yeah, we wagered five. Um, looking at those white vans, uh, we uh, said, damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel, back at it again with the white vans, though. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. All right, number four, nature and science fiction. What was the name of the movie? Uh, this one we wagered zero, and uh, there was a, uh, a rogue bone flying through the air uh, when this song played, and that would be 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, we wagered 10 and uh, also said 2001, Space Odyssey. Wow, a lot of missed opportunities there for the uh, the curse cans. <laughs> yeah. All right, number five, working out the kinks. What was the uh, the name of the actor and uh, singer? Uh, yeah, we wagered twenty. Uh, and, and just for the record, I told Jeff I wanted to go thirty all the way down, but we didn't um, have enough points. I know you're correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, <laughs> Panic at the Disco's uh, lead singer Brendan Urie. Yes, quite a tragedy, right? Isn't that writing sins? That was the clue, maybe. Uh, the tragedy is on the side of the table, Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you're the curse cans, because your betting strategy was trash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we wagered 15 and also said Brandon Urie. Yeah, it's Brandon Urie. All right, so that was an exciting uh, end of the game. 
a lot of uh, interesting betting here, and it ended up being very close uh, due to a lot of correct answers. But Jeff and Neil, as the cursed cans, did bet uh, trashily, I guess you would say. (laughs) But they ended up with 210, so that's a respectable score. And today's cream of the crop. Matt and Gina, the Pangalactic Gargle Blasters with 225. Congrats. You're the cream of the crop. The cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Strong applause for Gina, not Matt. (laughs) Yes. Applause for Taylor's game and also uh, the fact that we lost to Gina, who is a a great competitor. So I'm glad it was to Gina. And I'm her friend, Matt. (laughs) That's how we feel about it. (laughs) One one friend contested and her friend. Man, uh, whoever did that is really achieving their goal right now. Uh, G- Gina, any uh, any last words uh, before? Uh, I think we have to say the last words, Neil. Yeah, we do. Uh, well, for our listeners, though, any last words from Gina for the listeners? Um, yeah, uh, let me just give a shout out to uh, my friends um, Adam and Dee. Thank you so much for being my Harry Potter trivia teammates uh, this last week. And damn you, Rita Skeeter, uh, you will they will understand that. Um, and uh yeah uh, thank you so much for um having me on again um whenever you guys do that futurama episode make sure that you uh give me a call absolutely you got it and uh mr mr cook uh our favorite dentist our best dressed <laughs> host and competitor um any last words from you uh after that amazing game uh yeah thanks so much for for letting me come on and 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 uh try my hand at, at writing trivia it was a lot of fun a lot more challenging than i thought it was going to be but uh you guys played really well and i'm glad that uh, knowing the things that I wrote about doesn't make me uh, the only one knowing a lot of this <laughs> stuff. You guys were, were impressed me a lot with uh, some of those polls. So good job, and, right. and thanks a lot for the opportunity. Well, thanks again for uh, for hosting. It uh, It's very helpful for us, and it's very exciting when we do so well, uh, <laughs> even if we don't come out on top right now. Yeah. That's right. Hey, we don't have to come out on top. We can uh, still keep throwing those pieces of trash in the can and Nails hopefully it'll power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, on that note, I'd like to thank uh, Taylor again for hosting, Gina for joining us uh, as a contestant, and for Ken, Matt, Neil, and myself. That was Triviality. Teaming up with Matt today is going to be our internet continental champion, Gina Kimino. What the? Don't try I'll try that again. Our, yeah, our internet continental. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite breakfast. <laughs>